Okay, welcome everybody to Talking Donkey International in our new television series, Country Wisdom. Let's set the tone for this new series of ours. It's found in Proverbs 4. Let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. Ponder the path of your feet and then all your ways will be sure. Join us now for Country Wisdom. Jim, I don't know how well you keep up with current events, but I've noticed the last few years how popular and widespread stories about zombies are. Yeah, I try and stay away from zombies. That's not my thing. <laughs> Do you think you might be a zombie? Stay tuned to find out. You've met my family, Jim. Steve and I had two wonderful sons. And don't get me wrong, I love my sons. I just love them to pieces. But both of them were supposed to have been girls. Oh, really? I don't know if you know that. No, I did not. Both of them, because that's what I wanted. I couldn't imagine that God wouldn't give me the daughter that I wanted. So when the boys were 11 and 14, I finally got my little girl. But we went about it a little differently. We applied to adopt a baby. Steve was adamant, an infant. And we picked China because there are a lot of little girls there who need homes. So we applied for a little Chinese girl. But you know, when you put plans in God's hands, which we had both done. We prayed about it. And we got something even better because God handpicked our daughter. Aaliyah came to us when she was oh, somewhere between five and seven, depending on which authority you ask. And she was the sweetest thing. Just beautiful, absolutely beautiful. Everything I wanted. A little Chinese girl. <laughs> but that doesn't mean <laughs> that everything was easy, especially at the beginning, because she didn't speak English. And Steve and I did not speak Amharic, which was her language. She was from Ethiopia. That was a big change. <laughs> it was, it was. There was a lot of sign language, you know, time to brush your teeth. <laughs> and it's amazing how much you can communicate that way. Besides not speaking English, she also is deaf in her left ear. So there were times she didn't hear things just exactly like, like we would. And occasionally that became a problem because she didn't quite understand what you had just said. There was a lot of misunderstanding in that whole process of learning English and being able to communicate with us. Uh, but we overcame those hurdles fairly quickly, at least I thought. Aaliyah arrived here in the United States in mid-February. So here she came from Africa to snow. And about five months later, end of July, she'd been here just a few months picking up English like a little sponge. 
as you can imagine only a kid can do. And one afternoon, it was really hot. I remember that I was lying on the couch wondering why we had bought a house with no central air conditioning. And I could hear she was upstairs in her bedroom and she was playing these CDs of children's praise music. She just loved them. And actually listening to those songs, she was learning English better anyway. And after a while, I heard the music stop, but I could tell she was singing. And she came out of her room and down the stairs and she was singing, a zombie, a zombie, Jesus wants me for a zombie. No. <laughs> <laughs> that was my reaction. In fact, it was worse. I think I practically fell off the couch laughing. And she was quite put out about that. I remember her standing on the landing, looking down at me on the couch and just I think girls must be born with this attitude. She had her hands on her hips and she said, why are you laughing? It was beautiful. <laughs> I love it, I love it. <laughs> she has the same attitude still. And I said, yes, honey, yes, it was beautiful. Your song was beautiful. There's just one little thing wrong. Jesus doesn't want us to be zombies. You see, zombies, well, first of all, they're made up. And secondly, they look alive, but they're really dead and they're of no use to anyone. How old is she when you're telling her this? Um, six-ish. Okay. And I said, Jesus wants us to be sunbeams. It's a sunbeam, a sunbeam. And I said, sunbeams are warm and light and comforting. And again, I think it's something little girls are born with. Again, the hand on the hip. And she just sort of nodded like, all right, I'll play along. You see, she had two older brothers. Remember I said they were 11 and 14? They were instigators. They had told their little sister all about zombies, apparently, because she knew what zombies were. She'd heard of them. She had never in her life heard of something called a sunbeam. And she wasn't quite buying it, which I also found funny. Now, I actually had a point, Jim. There's a reason I told you this story. Oh, I'm actually, I'm really glad of that. <laughs> you were beginning to wonder? I was kind of wondering, yeah. The point is this. Later that day, after Aaliyah had gone back upstairs, after I'd given her the little lesson about the difference between a sunbeam and a zombie. I was in the kitchen. I think I was doing dishes. It just hit me. How often have I been a zombie for Jesus? Yeah, that's a really good point. You know, I go to church every week. I get up front. I lead the praise music. People have told me they love it when it's my week to be up there. They love the scripture the scriptures I read, what I get out of it. But I can't tell you when I look back how often while I'm up there looking like the perfect little Christian, doing everything right, looking the part, I'm dead inside. I have not been keeping up my relationship with the Lord and it's been put on the back burner. And before you know it, the burner's out completely. And I'm a zombie for Jesus.
useless to him. Uh, I'm not a sunbeam. I'm something dead that looks alive that isn't doing anyone any good and in fact is destroying me. I've got to ask you a quick question. Were you born and raised a Christian? Technically, yes. <laughs> my family had their names on the church books. Uh, my grandfather was actually a preacher and a Bible teacher, but he died when I was very young. And what developed my relationship with the Lord all the way along were that parent of a friend, that teacher that took extra time and truly had the Lord in her. Uh, Bible teachers who made the scriptures come alive. So for the first time, you felt like that's real, that's the truth. So at some point you knew Jesus. Yes, yes. But just because you know him once, I guess it's kind of like my marriage. You can let the same thing happen there where you're going through the emotions, you look good, but you haven't talked in forever. Making all the moves, but right. nothing, nothing's home. Dead inside. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You know, folks, I don't know if you really realize it, but the Bible actually talks about zombies all <laughs> under another name, but we're going to get to that soon. <laughs> My grandmother was number 11 in a family of 13 girls, and she sometimes felt lost in the crowd. Do you ever feel that way? With nearly 8 billion people in the world, it's easy to wonder if anyone even notices you're alive but there is someone who notices. The Bible says God calls us by name. He knows you, knows your name. You're his child. If you'd like proof, go to talkingdonkeyinternational.org and request offer number 130 for this free pamphlet, There's Not Another You. Introducing Talking Donkey International. God once used a donkey to spread his word, but he'd rather use all of us. Our experienced team has preached, taught, and filmed in countries around the globe. In partnership with you, our mission is to share the life-saving love and hope found only in Jesus Christ with everyone in this lost and dying world. Your financial partnership with Talking Donkey will enable this exciting ministry to proclaim that Jesus is coming soon. It's time to prepare quality programming created to attract and reach viewers of the world. Together, we can carry the final Advent message to the individuals of planet Earth and hasten the return of our Lord. Please pray for and support the successful mission of Talking Donkey International. I had an amazing time as I found Jesus Christ. I had been a drug dealer, alcoholic, and a thief. God called me. What was that like? Well, it's a whole other story, but it was so exciting. I, I absolutely found God. God found me. He knew where I was really all the time, but uh, I finally realized who God was. And I began studying. I, I, I wanted to know more. I, I hungered to find out really more about this amazing God who took all the, all, I don't know, all the cravings, all the garbage, out of my life. Now, of course, it didn't all disappear at one time, but God gave me strength and courage to make it happen. But I would get up at uh, 
five o'clock in the morning, I'd go out under a tree and I'd study my Bible for an hour or two hours. I'd pray for at least an hour. I'd just talk with the Lord. It became such an exciting relationship. I begin to understand when the Bible says he speaks in a still small voice. And then he says, this is the way, walk ye in it. I begin to understand how that happened. <laughs> it happened because I began to pay attention to who God was. I, I learned of him in these pages. I, I began to hear his voice. He says, my sheep hear my voice. Well, he didn't make that comment just off the cuff. He really meant it. Those who follow God, those who spend time with God, really understand and hear God's voice. We become his little sheep and we listen to his guidance, his direction. I would even, I'd get up in the morning, I had a business at the time, and I would go into the business. I didn't care about anything else. I just wanted to share Jesus Christ with a lot of people. And then one day I, I switched businesses. I switched to another business that was real estate. And in that situation, I found myself, well, I became so successful that I was in the top 4% of all the Coldwell Banker agents in all of North America. I mean, it was unbelievable. It's just like the money began to pour in. Everything I touched turned to gold. I, I had a radio talk show. I, I was lobbying on Capitol Hill in Washington, D.C., rubbing shoulders with congressmen and senators. I had many houses and land and my Harley Davidson motorcycle. I had it all. I had it all except what began to happen is that friendship, that relationship began to wane, began to go downhill because like Janice said, in a marriage, if you don't talk with your spouse, things change. The fire begins to dwindle. The relationship begins to go down and down and down. And that's exactly the way the devil likes it. That's exactly what happened. He doesn't mind if you're in a church. He doesn't mind if you come to a building you know, and do these things. Because matter of fact, I came to the building all the time. I, again, kind of like Janice, I mean, I had my nice suits, I had my nice clothes. I was going out and preaching, doing all these things, but I no longer spent those hours with God that I had before. And what happened? The fire began to go out. It's like when you have a little fire over here and you pull a coal out. That coal glows for quite a while. But pretty soon, if it stays out there, that little ember begins to quit glowing, begins to go out, and the fire disappears. Now, it might be still setting on the hearth. It might still be in the area of the stove, but it no longer heats anything. It no longer gives anybody any heat because it's dead and it's out. And that's really kind of the way it was with, with church. Now, we picked this beautiful little church today, I think was built in, uh, was it 1876, I believe. Amazing little church, but it just simply represents what happens in so many churches, so many times. I had a preacher friend that said, you know, most of our churches are so cold, you could skate down the center aisle. <laughs> sad, sad situation because the fire has gone out. The fire has gone out. And what it, what does it take to have a fire? Well, let me share with you what it takes to have a fire. Let me give you an example of the relationship and, and how it all happens. 
a fellow traveled out to uh, Africa and he wanted to go on safari. So he hired a guide. They began traveling on safari. Well, after a few days, they uh, were having a good time. They saw a lot of wildlife. The, the guide every night would build a big fire and the fellow asked, what, what's that for? Well, it's to keep all the animals away, keep us safe at night. Every day, same thing, every day. But then pretty soon he noticed when they got to the next campsite, a big pile of wood was already there. He finally asked after a few days of this, why the pile of wood? The guide said, here's the situation. He said, the monkeys watch us gather all the wood up and they, we start the fires. So they know where the next camp is. They've been to those camps before and they bring all the wood. He said, the problem is there's one thing that they're lacking, fire. They're lacking the fire. And see, that's what happens to us as Christians. The only thing that gives fire, according to the Bible, is the Holy Spirit. We need the fire of the Spirit. And unless you spend time in God's Word, there's no fire. No time with God, no fire. No time with God, no Holy Spirit. No relationship, no, no situation with God any longer. Let me read something to you. If I, the wind's blowing so hard, I don't know if I can get to it here, but uh, it says in chapter 6 of Matthew in verse 5, And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray, standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Where are they praying a lot of times? In the synagogue. Where do they want to be seen of men? In the synagogue. What are they doing? Well, they're praying. They're, it's a religious exercise. <laughs> they're in the synagogue. They're looking cool because they these are the guys with the long robes, all the finery, all the good stuff, and they're standing there looking really cool. And what do they call them there in the Bible? Hypocrites. I would submit to you that these were the zombies of Jesus' day. These are the ones who, who did all these things for show and for glory because they wanted to be cool. They maybe even knew the right thing to do, but they were doing it for all the wrong reasons. In Matthew in chapter 6, Jesus continues. He said, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth does corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven where neither moth nor rust does corrupt and where thieves do not break in and steal. Where are we laying up treasure? Not here on earth. That, that's where I was laying up treasure. I was gathering things up, all the, the good things of this earth. I began enjoying all those things. I began working harder and harder and harder to make more and more and more. See, it's a, it's a crazy life cycle. We, we get on this treadmill and it just begins to suck us in more and more and more. And see, the devil wants to destroy us. He doesn't want us like God at all. It happened all the way back in the garden. He did not want them to be like God. He didn't want you to be like God. He didn't want you to have that experience, that friendship, that relationship. But it happens so easily. For where your treasure is, there your heart is also. Good gauge. What's going on in your life? Where's your treasure right now? Where are you spending your time? Are you spending it, you know, I don't know, well, at the theater, at uh, uh, here, there, any place, but in prayer and study. 
And listen to this in verse 22 of chapter 6. The light of the body is the eye. If therefore the eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. The eye be single. What's it mean? What's it talking about? It means where's your focus? Where's the direction? If your focus is upon Jesus, the Bible says Jesus is the light. Jesus is light. If Jesus is coming into our lives, and matter of fact, he says he stands at the door and he knocks. If any man or any woman opens the door, he will come into them and spend time with them. And if God, light, is in our lives, then we begin, everything begins changing. And Jesus also said, when he departed this earth, he said, I'll send another comforter to you. I'll send you the Holy Spirit. And he breathed upon the disciples and they received the Holy Spirit. That's what we need to be praying for. That's what we need to be seeking is God's indwelling spirit into our lives. The fire, the fire of the spirit. Remember at the day of Pentecost, the disciples prayed and prayed and prayed for 10 days. They put everything else aside. They put away anger and hate and envy and strife. Unfortunately, you want to find hate and envy and strife a lot of times, look in the church. Now, I'm not saying that's the way it always is. I'm not saying that's the way it is in every church. But unfortunately, it seems like in the church, we eat our own. We, we tend to destroy those that, that God has called in. And we're a hospital for sinners. We're not a museum for saints. And I found myself spending so much time doing all those other things. I still preached. I looked cool. I paid tithe. They did all the things and just like the, just like the Pharisees did, the hypocrites, only today maybe it's zombies, you know. Um, I did all those things. Verse 24, listen to this. No man can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold on to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon, or the devil, basically. You, you can't serve both. One or the other. When you get out of bed in the morning, when your toes hit the floor, you choose by that time to serve one or the other. And it's a good idea to stay in bed and dedicate your life to God that day before you get out of bed. Choose God that day. Choose Him at that time. Listen, 25 says, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life. Take no thought for your life. Boy, we live in such interesting times, it's kind of hard not to take a little thought for your life. But God says, trust in me, I will take care of you. I will handle everything in your life. He says, listen, that what you shall eat or what you shall drink, or what you, your body, what you shall put on, is not life more than meat and the body more than remnant. God then talks about the fowls of the air, all these things. He, he clothes the grass, he takes care of the fowls of the air. All these things God takes care of. And he promises he'll take care of us. Now we are, we are in really some interesting times in earth's history. I believe with all my heart, I, we could have a Bible study here and I could show you how we are very near the end of time. All of these things that are happening, they need to happen before the end. They're, I believe, predicted to happen. Oh, not, not viruses and not this specifically with earthquakes and famines and disasters. We may have more famines. We may have a lot more disasters. But Jesus said, follow me and I will take care of you. God sees the end from the beginning. 
He looks at everything out there and he sees the pathway for you. And let me tell you, he loves you. He hung on a cross to die for you. Had there been no one else on planet Earth, he wanted to save you. He wants to save you. He wants you to choose him. He wants to have that fellowship. He is standing at the door, continually knocking, saying, let me in, let me in. I got to the point in my experience, all of a sudden one day in church, I'm sitting there and Jesus said, basically the end will come. And if you don't change your situation, you're lost. You're lost. I, I didn't want to be lost. And that was a wake-up call for me. I hope whatever's going on in your life, there's a wake-up call for you at this point. The stuff that's going on right now in the United States and the world, that it's a huge wake-up call. Time to get our act together. And you know, God called me. I, I changed what I was doing. I, I switched around. I began putting more energy and more time into studying God's love letter to me. Same love letter for you. And I fell in love with Jesus all over again. And as the song says, you know, it gets sweeter and sweeter as the days go by. Oh, what a love between my Lord and I. God wants to have that love relationship with you, that friendship with you. So please today, choose Jesus. Seek him with all your heart. He will help you through whatever time there is, whatever situation. My sheep, he says, hear my voice. Do you hear his voice? If not, study his word, begin praying, talking with him, just like a spouse. You begin hearing the voice. You'll recognize that still, small voice. Choose Jesus today, please. It'll, it'll be well worth it from now all the way through eternity. Introducing Talking Donkey International. God once used a donkey to spread his word, but he'd rather use all of us. Our experienced team has preached, taught, and filmed in countries around the globe. In partnership with you, our mission is to share the life-saving love and hope found only in Jesus Christ with everyone in this lost and dying world. Your financial partnership with Talking Donkey will enable this exciting ministry to proclaim that Jesus is coming soon. It's time to prepare quality programming created to attract and reach viewers of the world. Together, we can carry the final Advent message to the individuals of planet Earth and hasten the return of our Lord. Please pray for and support the successful mission of Talking Donkey International. My grandmother was number 11 in a family of 13 girls, and she sometimes felt lost in the crowd. Do you ever feel that way? With nearly 8 billion people in the world, it's easy to wonder if anyone even notices you're alive. But there is someone who notices. The Bible says God calls us by name. He knows you, knows your name. You're his child. If you'd like proof, go to TalkingDonkeyInternational.org and request offer number 130 for this free pamphlet. There's not another you. Prayer is the key and the hand of faith to unlock heaven's storehouse where are treasured the boundless resources of omnipotence. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, please draw near to each viewer right now. You know their hearts, their lives. And Father, I pray that you'd speak to them, draw them close to you, that they might form a relationship for now through eternity. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Hey, thanks for joining us for Country Wisdom. See you next time.